Welcome back to this iteration of podcast called Thursday Throwbacks. Um, you know, I have another iteration of podcasts. I hope I'm using the word iteration correctly, but I have another series of podcasts called Wash Radio that I do uh, with my partner, Timothy. Uh, so we've done a bunch of those. This is the first one of Thursday Throwbacks that you've gotten in a while. Um, I have... Some people that have, you know, given me their word that, they, that they're going to commit to do the show. Some special people that live in L.A., so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyway, how have you been? Happy holidays, everybody. Why am I saying happy holidays? Anyway, Jermetta Rose. Uh, who is Jermetta Rose? Jermetta Rose, we used to bump into semi-often, like if we were in the Amoeba Records area when she worked there. Uh, she didn't really know me. Now she kind of knows me from following, you know, just the, you know how the internet works and all that. Social media, blah, blah, blah. We're cool now. Uh, she agreed to do the podcast. I think it came out pretty dope. I mean, she's a singer. She's a black woman. You know, she's a queen. She's a goddess. She's a homie. And she's a really talented and insightful person. Okay. I had a bunch of questions. I didn't even get to a bunch of questions. We just had a decent conversation. A pretty good conversation, if I do say so myself. Um, and I'm glad that it came out okay, because I was... Uh, how shall I say? I was... Like, I had been drinking, like, an hour or two before the interview. And I was in the Hollywood Hills drinking an hour or two before the interview. And if you know anything about the Hollywood Hills... Just to get back to regular people world outside of Hollywood Hills, you got to go down some hills, a lot of curves, a lot of twists, and that on top of having liquor in your system. It just, the evening was not shaping up good just from how I was feeling. Okay, just nauseous and just, I was out of it, really, but uh, the interview came out pretty good if I do say so myself. So, uh, here's where if you don't know that much about Jametta Rose, you get to learn about Jametta Rose. You get to hear some her music you get to hear her talk about somebody else's music she considers classic and you just get another bomb ass interview that i conducted if i do say so myself you know if i could sweat myself for a minute anyway uh follow her on you know all the places that you follow people jametta rose twitter jametta rose instagram if there's a jametta rose facebook i don't know but you know everywhere you you follow people Hit her up. Follow me from Old Harlem. Twitter and Instagram. Alright, so enjoy this episode. Thank you in advance if you tune in. And again, you know, happy holidays. Happy whatever you celebrate, whether it's Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. And you gotta be like a real weirdo if you don't celebrate a new year. Like we about to be into a new year of living. So I hope. If this is the last time that you hear from me in 2017, I mean, I have plenty of other podcasts. I'm just rambling now, but I have plenty of other podcasts that are not released yet. But if this is the last time you hear from me in 2017, hope you have a great 2018. And, you know, if your 2017 wasn't so good, mine was pretty decent. But if your 2017 wasn't so good, I hope you find ways to make it better for the next year. Peace. Thank you for listening. Enjoy.
feel so alone I just need a place to think, need a place to breathe Need to find the strength to really love me I just look up in the sky and I can see the light I can feel the rhythm, hear the music inside Of everything around me, everything that is Daring to be magic, brave enough to live Brave enough to give of myself, give the best of me I got God, the world can keep the rest of me We live life as a light and a shadow Dance to the rhythm as the world spins eternal Stepping out of heartbreak till only love will rise again. Don't doubt my brilliance. I descend from a line of spirits who knew that love was the only way to grow. So as I paint these pictures, sing these melodies, rock to the rhythm of the planet, I know what is done with love will stand the test of time and does not die. Of you and I, what is done with love will stand the test of time and does not die with the physical of you and I. All right, Thursday Throwbacks. I'm here with a singer, a vocalist. New Age Queen. Uh, tell the people your name. Hey, you guys. What's up? My name is Jametta Rose. All right. Uh, thank you for, you know, taking your time to do this in advance. Um, so, you, well, let's talk about the show last night. It was a great show. It was um, good to see you there. It was good to see you there. Queens, well, it's not about me. It's about the show. Well, I know it was about the show, but it was okay. good to see you in the audience. The audience was, good was looking you. good out there. It was, it was a good show. It was packed. Yep. Full of, as Lena Fournier calls it, full of <laughs> fam, fine-ass men and women. Okay. It was lots of good-looking people there. Definitely. Queens of the New Age. Right. Put together by Sean Gaynor and Fred William Jr. I mean, Fred, yeah, Fred William McNeil Jr. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the organizer's names. And it was... You tagged FWMJ today on, like... Is that not the right person? That's not the right person. You tag somebody See, named Frank William Miller Jr. And I was like, what did he have to do with this? I need to totally... No wonder he waved at me. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like a graphic designer to underground hip-hop. I have yeah, a... You tagged the wrong guy. And I was I, like, I know him. And I was like, he has something to do with They have the same initials. And I was uh, trying to find the other guy. And he might not... Yeah. Is this still... Is Can we start over? This is going to all be in it? Oh, well, if, fuck it. If you want to keep it, it's not live. I'm oh, okay. Sure. No, it's pre-recorded. I can't untag him because Twitter don't let you do that. But, yeah, basically, okay. that clears some things up. But Fred William McNeil is his name. Got it. So, anyway, they throw Queens of the New Age, and it is a show about up-and-coming and burgeoning woman talent in the city. Um, all genres, um all kinds of different expressions. I mean, last night it was like from my set, which is um, yay! Thank you. I tried some new stuff, so that was that was really good. And then um, and just to hear the electronic soul um, slash um, singer songwriter that Mariba brought because she's like on the guitar, but it was still electronic soul with her band and 
Then Azul, I love her song Wings, I heard. And it's, I was floating about, but I tried to hear everyone. I was so mad. Um, I missed Il Camille because of the lineup. Um, it got switched around, so I was outside. She killed it. But I, I know she killed it. It's undeniable, um, the energy that was on the stage. And so I was honored to be a part of that energy and just... You know, I really feel like um, we are living in a time where the divine feminine is rising on every level and it's up for us women to step into and rise into the higher versions of ourselves. And I think that shows like that and artists such as the ones that were on the bill, um, Azul, um, Mariba and Lena and Novena and Wildflower on the um, Wheels of Steel, like everyone brought an energy that is is needed because, you know, music and the world has been masculine dominated for like so long and I don't think that it needs to be overrun with femininity, but I do think that a balance is being um, obtained in these days here that we get to witness and we get to kind of go through the shifts and the changes of it happening. You see it happening like from the rape scandals all over to... You know, it's it's straight up going crazy, but it's a wonderful time to make art because um, it's a whole lot to express. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so I, I saw you recently uh, talking a bit about um, Sarah Vaughn. Uh, my favorite. Uh, that's, that's your favorite. Okay, I would. Is she like your biggest inspiration or one of your biggest inspirations? Yeah, musically? yeah. Musically, well, first of all, it's funny because. As singers, everyone wants to sound like themselves. No one wants to sound like anyone, right? Everyone, you know, you want to find your voice. And so in high school, I I, I did musical theater and I sang in um, different choirs. And I went to perform arts um, magnet. And so my English teacher told me I reminded her, my voice reminded her of Sassy. She was like, have you heard of Sarah Vaughn? And I had never heard of Sarah Vaughn, you know. I was like 15. I hadn't heard of her yet. And... I think that I heard one song at that time, and I, I thought she sounded good, but I was like, I don't know what she talking about. I don't sing like that. Kind of like, on, I, don't, I don't sing like that. And I was really big on not trying to sound like anyone. But when I finally listened to Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, and Elise Regina. I'm not familiar with Elise Regina. Elise Regina is a Brazilian singer, and Ella Fitzgerald. Those are my four that are just like... I, I love them for like different reasons. Regina, like from that older generation? She's she? from the 70s as well, uh, yeah. Okay. She was um, a Brazilian singer in the late 60s. Okay. She sang a lot with Jovim, Anto- Antonio Carlos Jovim. Yeah. I know who that is. Yeah, because yeah, he, you know, but he's the writer and, you know, but, okay. yeah, but um, those are my favorite singers. And I don't think that I necessarily took parts of their tone or anything, but what I think... Sarah thought of herself as an instrument. You could tell by her approach to singing. And the first time I ever tried to scat was in a church. So I'm not a jazz singer traditionally um, trained um, in jazz chords and theory. I'm, I sing from my heart all the time. But one day in church, it was no... <laughs> One day in church, it was no choir. It was nobody to do the praise and worship. And so it was just me singing with the band. Um, And I didn't want to sing all the, you know, this little light of mine. And, you know, I just started just making utterances that I thought sounded like praise and worship. And then all of a sudden, I felt like a horn. And I remember going home that day and being like, Mom, today at church, like, 
I felt like a horn. And I didn't even know which horn it was. I've come to find out that although I love trumpets, I think that I sound more like a saxophone. But, like, I love horns because they have all the instruments I mean all the feeling I'm sorry that we have as people comes out in horns so like if you hear um, Coltrane or you hear an old uh, art ensemble of Chicago you play it and you just feel all the feelings. You can hear voices. Sometimes it's like, wah, 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 and you like, you like, oh yeah, that's the sound of misery, or that's the sound of man. I need to get my bills paid, or whatever. And so, I got excited about music when it became um, less about sounding great or sounding like someone or being famous or whatever. Because you know, you got a lot of reasons why you want to sing, and mine was always just that. I wanted to figure out what I could do with this voice. And whenever, like, when I discovered I could kind of scat, it was like, oh, I'm going to go full throttle. I'm not going to wonder if I'm doing it right. It was just like, I feel like I'm doing this right, and I hope it sounds good to someone, but it sure does feel good coming out of me. And so I think that with, with, um, with inspiration, I think my inspiration definitely comes a lot from Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald, but then Ama, the hugging saint, is one of my inspirations because I hug people, I love people. Um, it comes through in the music, it comes through when you meet me. And I think even when you don't meet me, I think that's why... Um, Giles Peterson even offered me a radio show because I don't know anything about um, radio. It's been a, a, a heck of a learning curve to to produce that show a weekly and like pick out the music. And before that, I wasn't um, really. I listen to music, but I listen to what I like only. Being a radio show host, you listen to everything. You have to listen to everything. You have a more. You say everything. What do you mean? I mean. I literally not like what they playing on like Power 106. Well, I never listened to that. Right. But by by every by listening to everything, I mean I was a very uh, I protected my ears, so I would only listen to what I knew or what I had heard that I vibed to already, okay. or the homies. Right. So luckily, most of my like homies, homies are like. Yeah, maybe. People you trust. Like, like that's how I discovered most of the music. Yeah, but maybe, but I'm not a, I don't click links if I don't know it already. So I like before before the radio show at least. Mm-hmm. Now I have to I check out everything cuz I'm trying to like work on different mixes. I don't want to play the same music whatever. Right. But yeah, that it, it opened me up to that, but but I think that you know, shoot Black excellence is my inspiration. I'm trying to be as excellent as I can be for myself and my family, but for our culture because, you know, it's under constant attack and constant um, re-identification um, everywhere. And so I just want to make sure that I, I make say it loud and proud exactly what I came here to say so that it won't be misunderstood. Nina Simone is another of my inspirations right. because I think that, you know, art is not supposed to be uh, filtered. It's not supposed to Polished, be pretty. be palatable all right. the time. And and I have a lot of charm and grace, um, but I don't mince words. And so I think that um, in my post about Sarah on Instagram, that's what I was saying. Like, a woman can be hard and soft and, you know, not take any BS, 
but still lovely and unforgettable all at the same time. That w- That is what will make her unforgettable, her authenticity. And so I'm going to always be real. Like, I, I have all the love, but anybody that's ever had to catch the other side of that knows that I, <laughs> I also will say what I mean and feel. And... You know, usually that's um, just the ideas that I battle that get <laughs> lacerated by my, my songwriting or my plays or whatever. I'm just coming for those uh, ideas that we have built this world upon that are, to me, um, our greatest demise. Like uh, there being so much lack, there not being enough resources to share, there being... Uh, a way to allocate those resources based upon your complexion rather than your work ethic or rather than, you know, I just think it's enough. It's enough here for everyone. And, um, and so I make art because I want everyone to know that because I think that we're, we're constantly inundated with images of lack and images of separation and images of lack of intolerance and like, oh, we can't tolerate each other. No one likes each other. And it's like, well, the truth is everyone is walking around in a bag of skin with some bones and, and trying to make a life out of this thing. Like, you know, and so in that way, we're all creators and in that way, we're all artists. And so just... For me, it's just making people a little bit more responsible to that, a little bit more like, hey, you got a you got a paintbrush in your hand, and we like this. We don't have to just look at this picture, you know. We're not already in the museum. It's a constant painting being made, and so it's like, please add your color, you know. Please add all the colors. <laughs> what the fuck would we be looking at if we just had a white canvas? We had to start over, right? It looked like a blank thing. Right. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of what you did. A- is that a new song, Black Museums? Yeah, Black Museums is new. All that stuff is new except for Rhythm of Life and Life Unfolds from last night. Um, the other songs are songs I'm working on um, with my bass player. We are working on a full-length record, and it's going to have some other producers. Shafiq has said he'll be a part. Carlos Nino, I'm going to tap Dexter's story to come in and be an advisor on the project. Basically, I'm endeavoring upon making a record that is not sample-based. It, it will be all in charted music because I want to be able to take the charts wherever I go and present the music as it should be every time um, and have background singers instead of tracks you know just I would like for it to be a a full-on experience and um, last year well this year earlier this year I made an art installation called Resonance and it was um, a multi-sensory experience where I tried to bring the audience and the stage into one space so I put clouds over them and me well in the future I'd like to kind of expand that and have um have more of my poetry and um show like my theater background be a part of the show and so that's where it's headed you know um it's been a slow um, progressing thing but I'm having faith in it sometimes Sometimes that is uh, questionable, the faith, but even when it's thin, it, it has gotten me through. So, right. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked a lot about the world, you know. Yes. Let's, let's go back into your career. Let's yes. Back to the beginning. Let's talk about uh, the Barber's Daughter. Okay. Uh, walk, me, walk me through, like, some uh, memories, if you will, of, like, making that album. 
Well, the memories of making that album are a lot of uh, hard lessons I learned and a lot of uh, fun times. I was in a band. We made, um, uh, wrote a lot of songs, and when we went into the studio, the producer, um, Luke Cage, was um, helping us craft our sound and helping us to get it solid um, for the record as opposed to on stage because we had just been doing all these shows. And so the barber's daughter... Uh, was me going, okay, well, I said I want to be a singer. I said that, well, I said a lot of things. Singing was one of them. And um, it's funny because now life is like showing me all the other things um, they're coming to. But singing was the thing that was like, okay, you, you know you sing. And if you're going to sing, now's the time. And so my father passed. And um, so I dedicated that record to him And so all of the hardships that come along with remembering that record And like the learning curve of being a young woman um, Putting out a record on my own And not knowing much about the business Just knowing how to sing and write um, the, the hardships of learning those lessons Are accompanied with the pride in knowing that um, I, I made something that is is dedicated to my father's life and is um, music that I have been writing like so easy uh, the the song so easy you know so easy to fall in love but how do we stay I still wonder that now you know I, I see people that stay in love and I see Hard people work. that yeah you know and nobody talks yeah, about the work it. that's it <laughs> you like that's everybody, what nobody's saying everybody wants the, the wedding day mm-hmm. they don't they don't want the afterwards, after yeah, yeah. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Okay. It's hard work. Yeah, and it's not for the faint of heart. And so, that song was coming from that perspective, but it was like I was so young, and so I look on those songs, and I'm like, wow, I was writing these songs, and I I still had to learn um, about some of the emotions on a deeper level. But it's impressive what we can do with a shallow understanding of things too. Right. <laughs>
takes a little patience, a little work, and we can stay. Takes a little patience, a lot of compromise, and we can stay. It takes me respecting you, respecting me, and we introduction and all the projects so far have been very um and I think they'll continue to be that way I mean but I I am very um inspirational based so you know where the muse within me leads me is where I'll go so I won't say that it'll always be that way but most of the records have been very um Introspective, but can be applied to others. It's like you know, even though I think the barber's daughter was less like that, but Lightbearer for sure was about me, you know, and and sharing that. But the titles are are indicative of where I am in my life, you know. Um, the the barber's daughter was, I've, I was young and I, I was entering this world, and on the Lightbearer, it's like, well, I figured out that um, I have a lot of principles and ideas that I believe in that I think should echo in my music that I won't compromise on and that um, that are indeed illuminating in a time like this where you have a lot of people selling out on the art because the the potential of the come up is so real and it's so necessary you know um, especially in black art that's the history of black art we 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 have the talent but we need the money you know we need we need resources and so it's often a choice between well yeah you know I know I got this talent I never forget I will never forget meeting um, Humpty Dance Humpty Humpty Hump yeah. so I met Humpty Hump I met Shock G but I met him as Greg so I walked oh, into okay. Greg's house Greg's cool. Greg is awesome. Did you know who he was? Or? I did oh, know right. who Greg was because I was told who he was, oh, okay. you know, told what house we were going to before oh, right. getting there. But it's like, the point is, I met Greg. I didn't meet, I didn't meet Humpty right. Hump. I didn't meet Shock G. I met Greg. And Greg got on a piano. And oh, I've heard he's like a musical genius. Amazing. Right. And, I, and I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm improv singing. Mm-hmm. My friend, who's an amazing pianist, who, who took me, Greg, I'm like, okay, so what is happening? So I'm with two Gregs, and we're like, all right, we're playing piano. They're playing piano because I don't know how to play. No front and <laughs> ain't no future in the front. So I'm singing, and I'm like, yo, so you play all this jazz, and you like, what the heck? He's like, man, I had all this, all the jazz in me, all the music in me. What, what caught the ear of the listener and the market was the do 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 do. And I was like, wow, all of this, and that's what we got, and that's what I mean about being intentional about black excellence for the culture. Because, yeah, you can do anything for the for the come up, but, you know. He had to put on a nose and be a character when he could have sat at a piano and probably sang for us, but it wasn't cool at the time. It wasn't marketable. 
And so I think we live in a, a really good time right now because it's like with Kamasi Washington, Joseph Leinberg, right. Terrace Martin, Kendrick Lamar even, because I feel like Kendrick brought that jazz, the jazz renaissance was happening and the rap renaissance was happening kind of separately, because right. it's, it's a regeneration going on in hip-hop too, right. but like now they're married, as they should have been, as they always have been, bebop right. turned into, you know, bebop right. turned into jazz, turned into hip-hop back then, so it's just like, it's, it's always been partnered, and so for it to be holding hands again, it's like, all right. Well, here we go. And so I think that is showing us and opening the ears of the listeners, the minds of the audiences and the execs. Because they're like, oh, every, oh, they, they do like this. They do like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Now, the power of music is that when people start doing that, it changes hearts and minds. And so you got to still make sure that the message is uh, a little flawed, right? Well, I'm just about... No flaw in the message. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, I guess speaking of um, the, you know, the, the West Coast and uh, I guess jazz and, and the whole uh, thing. Let me let me bring this up because the, the publicist has been like low key harassing me. Not harassing me, but like like can you you know can you can you help me? Can you cover this? Can you cover this? Uh, the Sly Fifth Air Project. Uh, let me ride. Okay, so, okay. Let's, let's get into that. Oh, can like, you, can you, can you? Yes. Like, That's the East Coast, West Coast. On me, like, T- tenacious, huh? Yeah, like, can you, can you please help us? I'm just like, I, you like, I can try. <laughs> I can only do what, you know. what I can. Right. Yes, well, what when you say talk about that album, what do you mean? I mean, the, the song that you're on. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da
Oh, okay. Right. Oh, let me write. Well, first off, let's talk about Sly. Sly, Fifth Avenue, when you talk about black excellence, Sly's from Texas. His dad is Nigerian. His mom is Texan. And um, I think, or, or maybe she's basically she African-American, you know, and they lived in Texas. And so he's witnessed a lot of crazy stuff, you know. And I met Sly on a tour bus where we became real friends. Like, we, we were gigging and... Um, we were on tour and he was he was like my brother it was my first tour ever I never had been on the road um, I never had been on a national or international tour and we did both and he carried he helped me carry my bags you know I didn't know how to pack yet for for tour so I had heavy bags and too many and when you're on the road you need uh, note to self and note to others when you travel and you're going to be traveling for a while, you need to pack light, <laughs> for sure, because you need to carry your own bags, you know, because everyone has to carry something, especially the musicians, and so it's about mindfulness, but I learned that. That was a lesson of tour, right? But Sly taught me that lesson gently, like, all right, Jametta, now if you come back with some heavy bags, I don't know what, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but always a gentleman, always helping, and... Just the most talented brother, like, he could play every instrument, write in charts, right? So he would just be working on the tour bus, working on charts, and he would tell me he was working on this project that at the time was not a record, it was a, a live performance that was coming. And so they did the live performance here. The Ebel Theater, or yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, that's Sly. Oh. That's the performance, and that's the record. Okay. And so they took the recording of "Let Me Ride," and he said for the album he wanted vocals. Yeah, that show was amazing. Yes, and see, and then he did a, a mini version of that show at the Echoplex, at the Echo, okay. so like a trial run. So he was writing the sheet music for these shows. That's what I'm saying. So impress with the fact that he does this while maintaining his own band and gigging in other bands and it shows you the work ethic a musician needs to have and so I'm so proud of Sly with his debut album he used to play with Prince he played uh, saxophone um, with Prince and Mono Neon they were all in the same band right before Prince made his untimely transition you never know how you're gonna like blow up or go viral like, I'm just wondering about Mono Neon now. Oh, yeah. From, like the, the, from the videos? The, first of all, all Mono Neon, just shout you out, bruh, man. Just yeah. keep keep being brilliant. Listen, listen. That's just that's just excellence. Right. Just keep talking through your bass, brother, because that's what we're doing. Right. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. And he like, well, let me show you how that sound to me. I love it. Right. I love it. But, yeah, really talented brothers. Um... Corey Henry is on the project, I think, and um, they all play. If he's not on the project, they all play together with um, Ghost Note and with um, Snarky Puppy. So, like, Sly is a very seasoned musician, and this is him stepping out on his debut. And I was so honored that he asked me to do Let Me Ride. And it was funny because he was just like, Jametta, just sang it. I just need you to sing <laughs> Just sang it. Because he's like, sang what you feel. Because um, it's no, it's, it's rap verses. And I was like, what do you want me to do? He was just like... You know, um, don't necessarily write verses, like, write, just sing how you feel. So we did a few takes, and um, I ended up liking this last one that we used, and it's brilliant. It was amazing musicianship. Todd Simon facilitated the recording studios. For me to record my vocals, he's playing on the record, and so... I feel like it's a wonderful merging of, like you said, East and West, because Sly lives in New York, and 
He's been um, traveling on the road with Quantic and um, the other bands that he plays with, but he's made time to collaborate with musicians all over, but specifically here. I had a question mm-hmm. about Quantic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song called East LA. Mm-hmm. They're credited on it, but I don't hear no vocals on it. East LA Creation? I, I think. East LA, because it's it's creation, East LA. Okay. I wrote a song with Quantic called uh-huh. Creation, East LA. And it says featuring Jametta Rose, but it's just an instrumental. Is that like a. No. Rainbow? It's it's not a, just an instrumental. It's another version. It's two versions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was so a. Maybe it's an instrumental that I have. Yeah, you have the know. instrumental because that's. There's a, there's a singing version too. Yeah, and it was released on vinyl after. Got so it. the instrumental was he was on tour, okay. already, and then he did the vocal version as a tour release. Got it. Yeah. Numero ocho, y dice.
I was listening to it, but I was like, where is it? You're like, so, Jimena, like, are you... Is she playing like, an instrument? Uh, oh. I'm like, <laughs> Did he sample your breath in this track? Like, no. Yeah, I'm like, what am I missing here? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, to start, if if you could pick... I know, I know you got, like, hella songs, but, like, a song of yours, whether, you know, whether it's one of your songs or just a song you've been on, that, like, to introduce my audience, you know, to you, if they've never heard of you. Mm. Well, I guess if you've never heard of me, you should definitely check out um, Echoes of One by Joseph Lineberg. It um, will give you a good idea of my voice and also where I'm headed. And then um, it's a Spaceways radio edit on SoundCloud of a song I wrote called Inshallah, which is also... um, indicative of where I am headed with the music and the use of voice. But those two are good. One is free and one is for sale.
So, uh, I think that what I'm choosing for my classic album is going to be my sister Georgia Ann Muldrow's Worth Nothings. Okay. Great artist. Oh, uh, amazing artist. Um, beyond being an artist, she's an amazing producer. Right. And um, crafter of this experience. She can draw, she can produce, she can sing, she can rap. So, Georgia is... She has a lot of music. What's on that album? Yeah, what Worth Nothings is her first record. Okay. She was, um, I think she was 17 when she wrote it, okay. and so it is, um, it is a early sound. But what I love about it and what I think makes it classic is that that sound and that seed that she planted with that record has pretty much influenced the flow of neo soul, what they call neo soul, what they call jazz. Yeah, you should check out Worth Nothings. I've heard the majority of her stuff. Low Maintenance is on there. You know Low Main? Yo, so Low Maintenance. Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't recall that song. But it's crazy. Like, that that record, when I heard it, I was... Um, Georgia and I are around the same age, so I think I found the record uh, when I was, like, 19 or something. You know, I was young. But I was like, wow. And I went to see her sing at the Jazz Bakery, and then um, she did a very... Um, avant-garde set, right? It wasn't anything like what was on the record. And I was just like, okay, this is totally different. But still dug it, still dug it. Ended up meeting her outside of... Like 2006, 2007-ish? Yeah. I'm bad with years. I'm bad with years, so let me think back. It might have been, yeah, about 2006, 2007-ish like when, like when, when I met her. Like started to, you know... Bubble. Bubble with music. Like, she was... One of those underground artists to check for. Yeah, I yeah. Remember that. Well, see, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm slow to the, uh, to the curves of like internet mania or whatever. Okay. I had a computer. I used it to write. Uh, I used some social stuff, but I knew Georgia through the scene, like the beat scene, uh, and so um, it was a very uh, flying lotus. Wasn't flying lotus yet. Raj G wasn't Raj G. Right. DBIC was diabolic, but these were the homies, and like we was outside of the Virgil. What's the Virgil now? It used to be Little Temple, and we okay. used to be out there. And diabolic DBIC would bring his boombox, and people would play their new beats for the week. And wow, okay. most people like would be tapes? rapping. No CDs, because oh, he had okay. to, you know. So you put the CD oh, in, and you play play your tracks, and like it will bump, and people will be out there trying to rap, or or rapping, I should say. So people will be out there rapping. And one day, Georgia was out there, and she was rapping. Everybody was rapping. I don't rap, at least not at least not off the top of the dome. No, I don't no, freestyle. Don't freestyle. I write, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm a writer. I actually have a, a rap that says that, like, I'm a writer, not a rapper. <laughs> like, no. But she was rapping, and I just, I was out there just vibing. Like, always, I get in, and I sing instead of rapping. She came up to me like, sis. What's your name? Nobody gets in the cypher. You know, a sister in the cypher. And you sang. And you killed. You know, we bonded. And that is how we got here. But when I met her like that, I had to tell her about the worth nothings. And it's funny how we as artists grow out of and past um, offerings, you know. Because for her, it was like, oh, that was old music. And it was kind of like, yeah, well, I'm on to this new stuff. And... But for me, it will always be a classic record because I've told Georgia this personally and I love to have the opportunity to tell the world that Georgia's like our generation's Quincy Jones or something, you know? Wow, 
because she can. I know she can play all the instruments. She can play all the instruments. It's like yo, like hands down. You don't have to do nothing else. You can produce. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that is she, she a keeps, or? yeah, oh, okay. and the fact that she keeps making her music with her message as well as producing with others as well as so the output is undeniable and for her first album to have been called Worth Nothings and it was worth so much. It was worth everything. You know, it it it, it shaped the future of sound in LA for sure. And now that the Renaissance is really on, on point and on hit in LA, the Renaissance is traveling outside of our city now and influencing the world. Right. Well then I would say that's a classic record. Got it. I, I had no clue she uh, influenced that much. Yeah, man. She used to. She used to write. I mean, this is definitely off the record, but she used to write and be be with the Sara band. So like, okay. the music that is with Sara, some of that like is Georgia's chords. Yeah, like. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So you you know, it's very. It's a lot. A lot of uh, collaborations that go on that maybe not don't get credited especially when you say you just heard an instrumental that credited me you like what is she playing it's right. like stuff like that happens the opposite way sometimes too yeah got it so if you had to pick a song to play from uh, Worth Nothings what would that be so Low Maintenance Low Main is my favorite one but I think that Demise Cool Demise is the last I'm uncomfortable in my demise that's that's where I'm at right now too uh, with that song you know um, we all have a limited number of breaths and we don't know what they are right. and so even when you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed you don't really have the time to stop because what if tomorrow is it
So that's kind of what that song is about. Dying would be better, it would be easier than stepping up to the plate. Dying would be easier than stepping up to the plate. And sometimes it feels like that, but then it's like, is that the truth? I don't believe that's It's true. not the truth. No. And so when you feel that, I love that song because it's just like everyone feels that feeling of uh, overwhelming, like life being overwhelming. But we can make it through it. And I feel like to make a song, and be able to translate uh, that feeling for the rest of us was a brilliant. And so low main is the simple choice, but I think that cool demise would be my, my favorite one. Okay. Okay, uh, let's see here. So, like, you arguably um, become just as known for guest appearances, you know, at, you know throughout the underground hip-hop yeah. scene uh, as much as your solo music. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Yeah. 
how has that like helped you, you know, kind of build your name or keep your name alive between mm. projects? Well, I think that uh, I don't know. I think that that's is that question is worded weird. It's because it's like. How has it helped me to keep my name alive between projects? Well, the last project before the library that I even released on my own and was able to release on my own was in 2010, the library. And so, and I recorded... Well, library was last year, right? Oh, oh, I'm talking about Barbara's Daughter? The Barbara's Daughter was 2010. That record had been done since the end of 2008, I think. Wow, okay. And so it's about having the money, the finances, and the know-how to put the record out on your own. And if you're not going to put it out on your own, it's about who's going to who's going to partner with you so with Light Bear um, Bus Driver from Temporary Whatever partnered with me to help me put it out and get promotions and stuff for it but um, so with that being said the features in between um, are people who have um, are are blessings because it's people who have a, a, um, a trajectory a way to put their music out seamlessly every time right so they already have a way to get the music out and so it's cool because it's like oh my voice still gets to touch people whether or not I have the resources to get my actual idea off the ground what's exciting is it it's it's felt like building two different careers for a long time because you talk about features in hip-hop but um, features just in general uh, with Kamasi Washington with Joseph Lineberg right. with the so uh, with Miguel Atwood Ferguson like doing these shows that had nothing to do with my band and doing my band shows and like having a, a quote-unquote fan or a person that follows my career that follows one side of it and not the other and I finally feel like those two separate paths are um, coming together um, and it's been a tough, a tough, tough, tough thing to do because it's easy to like give up on your uh, loyal ones because of the features and like because features are, it's like oh yeah you could just be a feature singer and like being you, you singing with these highlighted people but you're not building your own thing you're not, for one, being loyal to who's loyal to you because not to say that any of the features weren't in, in some way not loyal to me but you know they're not we're not in a um, that's a work work for higher basis it's like okay today we're gonna do this song learn this or today I need you to write this whereas um, crafting the music that's in my head I've been doing with these with my bass player um, he's the only original member that is still left from my first band but I have been really trying to bring those two lives together and as we we're getting older, so you know responsibilities. A lot, most of the guys in the original band got married, have kids, or are getting married, and so your life changes and your ability to commit changes. So I'm just trying to make sure that these paths come together uh, in time for um, it to be beneficial for my bass player too. Because I mean, that's that's been my whole thing is that I wanted to not uh, not have to edit my truth but also not have to leave the people that I know actually have my best interest in heart just because someone is more notable or you know so I think that um, I think that that answered the question I think that I'm very grateful for the okay <laughs> yeah okay so um, on I Got God it was, it was kind of like uh 
my understanding of the song was kind of like about like the road less traveled, if you will, like as a, as a creative uh, person. Everybody's gotta be a superstar. We all got dreams to chase, but we're working nine to five. When will my music make it out of the ghetto? When will I sing to the people? Tell me, tell me. Everybody's got to make that money. Can't go hungry, no, 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 no. Life ain't gonna stop for you, honey. Stay on your grind. But it's about to cool down Cause my flows take you higher The green paper with the face is your messiah Got your pimping women steady Sitting happy you a liar But oh no Your mama didn't raise you like that You need to grow Stop chasing paper like that Where's your soul glow? Wasting your life flow Over some green shit that never really lasts long One day you're high riding Next day you're low You don't know what to do So you hustle Whether you're selling dope to kids I got their mama strung out You still think you're doing good Cause your pockets got clocked Threw you a minute Now you all up in it They threw you airtime Now you're switching up your lines Changing your lyrics Just so the multitudes will hear it Yeah, think about it So, like, talk to me, I guess, about how that can, you know, maybe hold you back, you know, in some ways. Oh, well, I mean, I think that how how walking the road less traveled can hold you back is that you're definitely going to get to your destination after you thought the ideal time for arrival would be. You're not going 
nothing comes easy. When you walk the road less traveled, you should carry a machete because you have to clear the path before you. You're, you're blazing a trail. You're not walking on the pavement or the road that all the feet have beat a sure, a sure uh, way to your destination. And it's, it's, what's funny is like walking the path that is more traveled doesn't assure you of anything because you can be, like we said, your breath can stop. And then you walk in that path and you just never was yourself. Right. So um, it, it, it's definitely a scary journey. And like I said, when the faith gets thin, somehow it still can see me through. But this has been the toughest uh, time in walking the road less traveled because it's easy to say you're walking the road less traveled when you're like uh, young and um, living at home or, you know, but when you start having your own responsibilities and it's like, oh, your car break down and, oh, you got to, I still work full time and I'm a full time artist. And so it's like when your life starts to hang in the jeopardy of it, that's the truth. And, uh, you know, everybody I talk to says that that's the realness of this art journey. And it's the reason why my dad tried to discourage me from being a singer. He was like, you're really smart. Continue going to school. And, you know, I, you, you're very talented, too. But let that be a plan B because it often breaks your heart. So I would rather give it all I got and uh, walk the path less traveled and maybe never get the the, uh, the payoff that um, people think is coming to me. You know, maybe never get it. But be myself and leave the mark I want to leave and I hope to not be homeless and I hope to not you know I'm going to work very hard to make sure that that doesn't happen it might not have anything to do with the art it might have to do with the two jobs I have on the side or it might have to do but I'll be creating and I'll be making this music and I think for me it's crazy because it's like the the signs that I'm headed in the right direction have all been more challenges, like the radio show. The, it's like asking more of you and asking for courage. It's like, okay, well, you you mind doing a radio show? You mind hosting this? You mind hosting grand performances? I'm not a, I, I didn't do hosting before they asked me to host. So it's just like, have a machete. Be ready to cut down the branches that are obstructing you. Be ready to say yes. Drink from the water when you get to it because you might not have no more water. Fill your canteen and be sure of your purpose because it, it can hold you back. It can hold you back from a lot of the successes that are expected or that you might expect in a naive way, not knowing that your journey is supposed to make you you, not supposed to make you rich. Right. So... Uh, let's see here. So, you know, you are somewhat of a part of a, you know, a big movement that's like leading a, a vanguard or, you know, if you will. Uh, like, what do you think is it's going to take for that revolution to just break through? Time. Time. And the good thing is with the Internet, just like with um, all the violence and stuff, everything is more immediate. Like, uh, right. So videos posted, um, things can go viral, like you said. So it's just like it's a little bit more accessibility to it, and I think that it's going to make the time go faster, you know, of it just breaking, breaking, breaking through. But, I mean, when you have Solange at the Hollywood Bowl... Man. I think it's breaking through. You know, I think it is definitely did you breaking make that through. Show? I sure did. I, did. I didn't. I wish I was. Listen, listen. I only made it because a friend was nice enough to get me a ticket and Man, took me. I wish I could have been there. 
it was it was beautiful and for me it was very inspiring because you know like the cloud thing and all this stuff it was great to see pretty much like all the choreography and theatrics that she put into her show be embraced by our audience be understood and not like go over their heads and not be like what the heck is she doing why don't she just you know it's like that was encouraging for me because it was like oh yeah I want to I want to do I want to challenge our minds I think art is supposed to make you think and go home and 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 that's what I did I left there and I was thinking about Diana Ross I was thinking about um, (laughs) Mingus I was thinking about jazz I was thinking about Michael Jackson I was thinking about just nostalgia of of black excellence and how it's still here it's still here yay it's still here that's how I felt and so with that happening across the board, I sang with Kamasi at the Hollywood Bowl, opening right. for Herbie Hancock. And that's like not only breaking through to the world, but that's breaking generational barriers. Right. Because a lot of times with music is one of the genres that you don't get that ages like separation. Because usually the old musicians and the young, they it's like they they cling together and they learn from each other. It's like the old can teach the techniques and the, the new teaches the kind of like cutting edge improv and like new way to look at stuff. And so it's like this exchange. But when you see it on a stage, it's more like a passing of a torch. It's more like a changing, not a changing of the guards, because thank God Herbie is still alive and kicking right. and so, so well well groomed in his mind through his meditation and stuff that I think he's going to be fine for a while you know but what I mean about changing of the guards or passing of the torch is just this is an energy that's not going anywhere and it's only going to get larger and when you think of um, how we're about 30 20 years removed from when they took instruments out of urban schools you know I knew nothing about that. Hollywood High had, I went to Hollywood High, we still had instruments, but like certain certain schools didn't have bands because they didn't have like Budget. budgets. Right. So for music. I and know so. Terrence Martin is working on bringing some of that back. Exactly, right. but Terrace is a product of, they they used to go to a program, him, Kamasi, yeah, with Reggie, Nia's, Nia's dad. So I, so I was oh, in I church. Didn't know that was her dad. That's her dad. Wow. And so I used to go to, I was in church. I was in church. So it was like being under a rock and then coming out and meeting who your friend's supposed to be, right? And then you're like, oh, these are my friends. But they have been cultivated for this. So it's like I'm happy to uh, be, be a part of that number, but I realized years ago that we were in a renaissance. But that's because it had to do with, um, you know, everybody be thinking about themselves. So I was like, I'm born in the wrong generation. I was supposed to be a Black Panther and I was supposed to, I was supposed to be back there. I learned about all this stuff and I don't like this. And, you know, I'm like, what's going on? And now, boom, here we are. And it's like, boom, we right, we right back there. And it's like going backwards fast. It's going backwards. Like, whoa, 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 we, we made it here. Oh, oh, it's a fight still. It's still a fight. And so it's like, no, you were born at the exact right time. The renaissance is upon us. And it's a renaissance in thoughts, ideas, ways of thinking, spirituality. A lot of black people are reevaluating their spiritual uh, beliefs. It's just like, you say, when will it touch the world? It is touching the world. And that's why the world is getting more chaotic. Because a part of the black force or the black... um, experience being globally observed and accepted is also a part of the dominated like the oppressed 
it represents feminine energy. It represents not because we feminine, but because the things that are being oppressed are rising. Everything that has been underfoot to keep this fallacy of a reality, and it's funny, the word fallacy, phallic, to keep this phallic reality going. We've been stepping on a lot of stuff, but things keep growing. So this renaissance will indeed grow and plant many seeds, just like the Moors went around the world and taught people how to wash their ass. We're going to teach people how to wash their minds, <laughs> wash their feet, wash, you know, wash your ears, what you, what you listen to. Listening is important. It, it programs your rhythms. It programs you. We are nothing but rhythm and stuff encased in. So it's like when you listen to it, you, you, you programming yourself to that vibration. So... Yeah, I think that uh, I look forward to that. Uh, actually, that's in the song Rhythm of Life. I said the light within me welcomes the brightest day. The brightest day is when everybody, when everyone has that epiphany that we need each other. We, we separate, but we, we here together. And it's we're not separate. It's like the separation. This is so you can have an identity, and this is so I can have an identity. But we just one force here figuring this out like oh we can make stuff what, what did you make today what, and if we start getting excited like that that's the brightest day because you know people have um, immense amounts of energy within them that are not activated you know the yogis talk about it and I've only I've been practicing yoga for a while and I'm starting to understand what they mean but before I before I understood what they meant I knew I felt like no nah, no nah, we we got we got it we got God in us but it's like, if you're thinking it's out there, you experience that reality. And so it's about training your mind, training your mind. But if then you know the world that we live in depends upon you thinking that something needs to save you or something is going to come and be a relief later. So you just live like this now because, you know, no. If you really believe that you could create, you know, it would be a different world. It would be a brighter day, but definitely harder to control, definitely harder to uh, predict. Right now, we can get the statistics going. All right. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, how would you, you... You said a whole lot today. I know. But it's all good. Uh, At least that means you don't have to use that beginning when I've messed up Fred's name. Uh, yeah. It's all good. Uh, but... You, you kind of already answered the question, you know, throughout everything you said, but how would you define your purpose as a woman and a musician? Well, as a musician, my purpose is to try to get better um, because I have a lot of natural uh, abilities. And so I think that what has always been my, uh, I think, responsibility is to know that even though you can do it, you need to study. You, you, you know, you need to learn how to play the piano, Jermetta. Like, it'll help you with your songwriting. You won't have to wait for somebody to play the piano. You won't have to hope that they hear the chords you're hearing. You, you know, so as a musician, I think that um, that's my purpose, is to try to inform myself as well as I can to be able to get more um, expression and more modes of expression out of me. Like, I, I was trying to look up... Um, how to make my own music video on a phone and like just like okay because I'm not real tech savvy so like you know just kind of go out there and like see Jametta because like when I do decide to do stuff I usually execute it so it's like oh, okay maybe I just need to have a little bit more interest so with music it's a responsibility to hone and, and um, grow the craft and then uh, as a woman I think my responsibility is to 
remember how to be soft and um, available and uh, willing to hold to hold it all like to hold the weight of the world but also to keep birthing more more of the world not only people but just hope for tomorrow's just you know I'm you know I'm gonna get up today I'm gonna clean the kitchen I'm gonna get up today I'm gonna water the flowers I'm gonna get up today and make things beautiful women make things beautiful whether it's hard work or whether it's easy and so as a woman I'm I'm gonna remember that beauty and softness have power and water and and flowers they grow through the dirt they grow through and so cement they grow through it and so as a woman it's my responsibility to know that I don't have to imitate or emulate masculine power to be powerful and I think if I do both of those things keep informing myself with the music and keep remembering that I can do this power thing in a feminine way I think that'll be great because I think that we as women don't have many um examples of how to be powerful while because you know Kali Kali Mama Kali was cutting off heads she cut off heads and collected them but she also nurtured and so it's a balance it's a balance and you don't always have to cut off heads and as a person that births the heads you have more concern with just cutting them off then if you if you recognize your ability to give life you don't take it as easily or you shouldn't and so so I'm, I'm striving to be that I'm striving to be my ideal um, of a woman of a woman and you know we got all these ratchets and stuff running around so I think that and then, and then and when you're not that and you're not quite the college educated you're not quite what are you well you better just be beautiful fluid and yeah just, come on let's do it yeah so I think that's it <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank uh, you. I'm long winded. All right. Tell the people where they can, you know, find you on uh, all the social media and all that. Okay. Well, you can. Well, first of all, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be here and a part of this because I, I found out what you was doing maybe like a few months ago, and then I'm like, oh, shoot you Am a journal. You well, no, because me. Well, okay, so. It's okay. First of all, I'll give you whatever pointers I know, which aren't much. But I did find out, like, when you... I think you told me on Instagram or something, like, yeah, you know, and you started sending me music, and I was like, wait a minute. He's like a writer. And then I, I was like... I'm, I'm a writer. Like, a writer, writer. So... I'm a writer. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. And, like, to me, you're, you're propelling and excelling our I'm culture. Fine, I appreciate it. Yes, for sure. And your wife, you and your wife are setting an example like, you know, you said Where's she time? usually does the podcast with you, right? When she has the time. Yeah. Yes. So, I got my hug today just for the record, but I, I think what you guys are doing is beautiful. And so, to reach me, you can reach me at jemettarose.com. Um, my name is spelled J I M E T T A Rose. I'm named after my dad. Um, JamettaRose.com at JamettaRose everywhere and if you got uh, music because I will be having my show The Garden of Sound on Worldwide FM please send that to JamettaRose at gmail.com thanks y'all thanks for the love alright thank you have a great day you too